Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Mary Flo Ridley and Megan Michelson are the moms behind Birds and Bees, a resource that gives parents the tools and confidence to talk to their kids about sex. Mary Flo has been passionately sharing this message all over the world for 30 years. She was joined six years ago by Megan to help bring this message to a new generation of parents. Together, Mary Flo and Megan teach parents so parents can teach their kids about sex through practical strategies and intentional words. We have long admired your work. Yes, we have. And the two of you, we kind of can't believe that we're all four sitting here together in the Daystar house right now. Same. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> this. This has been a real, a real treat. Well, will you begin just by telling us how Birds and Bees started and what you all both hope to do with the work? Well, I'll begin with that. The Birds and the Bees started probably 35 years ago wow. with a curious mother, and that was me. <laughs> I wanted to know, is it okay if I answer my children's questions? Mm. Mommy, how is that baby getting out of there? Mommy, how did that baby get in there? And because I grew up in a lovely family, but a family that never did answer any of those questions. In fact, I don't think I ever asked because there was sort of a feeling that that wouldn't be a correct question. Mm. So I grew up with no information about any of those things. So I wondered if it would be okay if I answer those questions. And in a combination of circumstances, I was given the opportunity to go to a conference where you learn how to talk to your kids about sex. Going to that conference, I did not agree with anything that I learned there. And so I thought, is this the way you teach your kids about sex? Basically, the underlying premise was, your kids are going to be sexually active at a young age. Get over it. Bottom line, that was the message. And I thought, "Mm, I don't think that's really where I want to go with this. And so I came home and I started on a journey of talking to pediatricians and talking to school counselors, church counselors, elementary teachers. And basically, I was a really fun person to have at a dinner party because (laughs) I would say, did your parents talk to you about sex? And if so, what did they say? And was it effective? You know, just (laughs) I wanted to know. I wanted to know. And, And so in that process, I came up with a plan for our family. And I was learning that these things need to be addressed younger and younger and younger than the awkward question at the awkward age. And that it could be done. You could break up that one-time conversation into lots of little bite-sized conversations, and that would actually allow you to talk to them when they're young. So that was kind of the genesis of where that started. And so I had these five steps for parents, and I didn't really think they were for other people necessarily as much as they were for me. 
But I ended up sharing this, and then it kind of caught on, and I turned into sort of a popular program for parents in the Dallas area, and then it just organically spread. Mm. So we speak at schools, at churches, because our first step is what is the message you want your children to have Mm. if they're growing up in your family. Parents have to take ownership of that message and have to really be their heartbeat. So it can be a person of faith, and they can incorporate their faith. Or if it's a parent that really doesn't have a faith story and is not going in that direction, they can still benefit from hearing the birds and bees and adapting their own vocabulary and their own mission mm-hmm. with their children. So we've always wanted to be a help to any family that is raising their children. But being a believer and Megan being a believer, we also love to share the beauty of God's design as often as we can. Mm. And then you came along. And then I came along. So Mary Flo started this in the late 80s. 86. 86. Mm-hmm. When I was a wee <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> and then I grew up with their family in Dallas, ironically. We are not related, although a lot of people think we are. So I grew up with our family, thought Mary Flo Ridley was just this wonderful mom, but didn't knew nothing else. And then I was teaching middle school after I graduated from college. And so I was a middle school teacher, and I was just kind of blown away by how sexualized their lives Mm. were at such a young age. And so that was kind of in the back of my mind. I didn't have my own kids yet. And then I got this flyer home that said, come here, Mary Flo Ridley, teach parents how to talk to their kids about sex. And I was like, Mary Flo? (laughs) What? (laughs) So I went and I was just blown away. And the message was so impactful and so powerful and so simple. And looking back, I think for me in personal journey, it was just the beginning of the Lord putting something on my heart. Mm. And I was I left, and my thought was just simple. It's just like, everybody has got to know about this. And then a few years later, I had my first child, and I heard her speak at church again, and I took so many notes. I went on a girl's trip like a week or two later. I brought my notes, and I, every, y'all sit down. Every, I've got something to say. Everyone sit down. <laughs> you guys have got to hear this. I whipped out my little notes on my girl's trip, but they still talk about this. I'm like, I cannot believe you're doing this. <laughs> um, and it was just that I felt so called. Mm-hmm to share this message. And then by, you know, yes. crazy providence, I ran into Mary Flo after I was pregnant with my second. We actually were like living out of the country briefly. And so I flew in town to have my second, actually, mm-hmm. and um, ran into Mary Flo's daughter. And she was like, we just got to talking old friend. And she's like, you know, my mom's kind of wanting to step back a little bit, but I don't want to take over. And neither does my sister because this is unusual work. <laughs> I'm very aware. You have to be called. You've got, yeah, yes. this is a calling. This is not a first choice career. But anyways, for me it is. So I said, you know, I might want to do that. And so we just got to talking and instantly we both were like, this is right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we just, I felt such peace and confidence that this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I had the baby, we went back to Peru. And then when we came home, I just started training under Mary Flo. Right. And I would go to every little conference she did and every speaking event and took and taking my notes and mm-hmm. learning learning the drill and just soaking it all in. Mm-hmm. And then as you all know with long businesses, it's a journey. And so then right. a few years later we or, or a year later I guess we kind of rebranded it um, right. to be birds and bees. So it was just a better understanding of what we do. You know, most people understand birds and bees is kind of tongue right. in cheek. We know what you're talking about. So <laughs> we rebranded and we filmed the course so we could have a digital product that we could reach more people. So great. Um, and so it has just slowly grown. And then, you know, we've put our toe in the water on in the Instagram world. I was going to say, you're doing great on Instagram I mean, too. I hate to say this, but I feel like an old lady on Instagram. <laughs> yes. So it has been a journey of figuring out that world, but it's been exciting. I mean, mm. we feel 
humbled and grateful Mm -hmm. that people are listening. Mm. And we are excited that it's reaching people, Mm. you know? I mean, I think that's our hope is to equip and empower parents and just get rid of the sphere. And it's just been really exciting. Exactly. And it's just so fun because I feel like the message is so preserved by Megan Mm. and yet expanded because she's in the trenches. This is still my passion and I love it, but I'm a grandmother and she is right where the people that we are reaching, she's in the same place Mm. as they are. So she's interacting with the culture at the same time Mm. that she's equipped. So she's Mm -hmm. doing it right along with them. So it's really fun. We're having a great time. (laughs) We are so grateful. And we're so grateful for our folks to get, if anybody hasn't heard of y'all, to get to know about you now. And I was thinking... I think David's particularly grateful. I don't know if you know this, but there are different seminars we offer to parents. And one of them, David used to talk about sex and hated it. (laughs) You were miserable. Not called. Yes. Not called. As much as you hated teaching on technology, we were like, the two things we Mm -hmm. don't want to be talking Mm -hmm. about and don't feel as equipped (laughs) to, and you are. I do specifically remember being on a plane and you being hiding your screen as you were looking at your notes. I don't know if y'all have done that ever. Mm -hmm. I thought people were walking by you and it's a little awkward. Oh yeah, don't look at my search history. (laughs) (laughs) She looks crazy. So good. So my new talk on that topic now is just find the two of you. That's my whole Yes, definitely. And obviously, with the work we're doing, it feels like things are changing Mm -hmm. so much, and Mm -hmm. it's more confusing and harder, I think, than it's ever been for parents to navigate. And so would love to hear your perspective, even on how educating families has changed over the last few years. Well, I would say one of the main things that has changed is that we used to tell parents that they needed to kind of prepare their kids to learn about pornography in the preteen ages. Like that was where we had it in the category of, you know, and and that this time it'd be a good idea to warn them, to prepare them about pornography. And that has dropped Mm. by a decade. Mm. You know, now we know that kids can stumble or accidentally see pornography, or it can just, you know, be revealed to them, or they can go on a search, or they can ask Siri, or they can ask all these questions into the World Wide Web, yes. <laughs> and what they get back is is startling. Mm. So pornography is now a key component of what we really try to help parents navigate. Mm. So um, great. So that's one arena for mm-hmm. sure. What age do y'all recommend? Talking to them about that now. I mean, I think you should start talking about that to three, four-year-olds. Wow. Now, people hear that and are thinking, I would never Mm. mention that to my child. And I think what we have to do is step back and see, you're not sitting down with your child and saying, babe, there is this thing Mm. called pornography. I'm going to show you real quick, and it's so bad. Don't look again. Like, that's not what we're asking you to do. You know, what we're asking you to do with young kids is just start communicating that there is danger with technology. And we use this example a lot, but it's in the same way, in the same tone, in the same repetition that you teach young kids, hey, the stove is hot in the kitchen. We need to be really careful when we're by it. Or, okay, we're going by the swimming pool. We got to be very careful when you're running by the pool. We're not going to be out here without a grown-up. Or nobody's in the deep end without floaties. Or, you know, you're even talking the way you talk to your friends about it. Like, when we go swimming, my girlfriends and I have a system. Okay, hey, I've got to run to the snack shop real quick. You're watching so-and-so. Everyone's aware of the dangers. And I feel like, so with little kids, all we have to do with technology is just introduce the idea that there are dangers out there. Mm -hmm. And not to terrorize them. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. talk to your kids in depth about drowning or you don't talk to them about third-degree burns. You're just saying, hey, be careful. Mm -hmm. And so I think it starts with that with little kids, three, four. Mm, That's so good. You know, here's mom's iPad. You can play a game. 
So I can take a shower. But remember, we just want to be really careful on this because there are really fun things on this iPad, but there also be, can be things that we see that could be, you know, a little too scary or not appropriate. So we just have to be really careful when we're dealing with technology. So don't wander that's around. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, great, that's just, you're introducing this idea and this framework. Mm. And I think that's so often parents are like, I, I would never talk to my kids about that. Well, you're not technically talking to them about pornography. Mm-hmm. You're just introducing this mindset. Mm. That's great, y'all. I love that. I do too. Thank you. And even breaking down the timeline in the great way that you all did. We sit with so many parents. In fact, we're here in my office right now as we have this conversation. And I can vividly remember a dad sitting on the very couch where you all are sitting Mm -hmm. right now. And often parents will tell us their version of what it was like to grow up with or without education in this space. Mm -hmm. And this dad said, David, I can remember being in middle school, and I was so excited because my dad said on a Wednesday we were going to go get some new football equipment on Saturday, (laughs) and I (laughs) soared through the week, couldn't wait, woke up early on a Saturday morning and was dressed and ready, and after breakfast, we jumped in the car and pulled out of the driveway, and my dad stopped at the stop sign at the edge of our neighborhood and said, (laughs) your mom wants me to talk with you about something, and then he pushed this cassette tape in, this will date this guy's story. Cassette tape. Here it is. (laughs) And he said... And then we just drove around the city. It was this long <laughs> drive. Like he had, like he'd mapped Poor it out guy. because we were pulling back in the driveway right as it was ending. He didn't even get football no equipment football. out. Oh, hold on. So okay. his dad says to him, okay, do you have any questions? And he said, are we going to get football equipment? <laughs> so we turned into this really both disappointing mm-hmm. and scary experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, what we find that translates to with so many parents is just this sense of, I feel unprepared, I mm-hmm. feel ill-equipped, I have no roadmap whatsoever. So what would you say to those parents, which I think is probably a high percentage of parents who didn't have an experience growing up with a healthy, ongoing dialogue? Well, I would say there is a better way. Mm. I think we grew up thinking you have to have the talk but it has the word the, like you have to have one conversation. It's going to be miserable, but you can do it. And then <laughs> you get to check off that list. You get the little badge of honor. I've had the talk and you can just walk away. And there's a better way. There's just such a better way. And so our philosophy is drip, drip, drip. We talk about how there's a sponge in the mind of your child and that you can label that sponge curiosity about sexual things. They're just born with that sponge. And who will fill that sponge? And when they're sent out into the world with a dry sponge, then whatever they first hear is their powerful first impression. What we want to do is to give parents the power to fill that sponge and the vocabulary, the words, the strategy. We want to give them all the tools they need, sample conversations. What does that sound like? How would you say this? Where do I begin? And then don't do it all in one day, but drip, drip, drip at at age-appropriate ways. And then that conversation just builds. And having a full sponge then is your child's protection. Because it's like an internal filter. It's an internal understanding. And then when the other messages that could be degrading, that they hear in the world that could be destructive, they don't bounce off, but they don't sink way deep. They just kind of roll off. Yes, I heard that. Yes, I see that. But that does not match up with my deeper understanding that I've heard since I was young. And so that's the better way, I think. And honestly, it's so much easier Mm -hmm. than the talk. It's so much more natural. And you get there before the hormones kind of make them a little nutty. And so 
talking to them when they're young is actually a beautiful picture. Mm. But I do recognize that parents need to hear what that sounds like because they didn't grow up with it. Mm-hmm. I love that your curriculum includes all of that. So yeah, in answer to that question, we would definitely say download your curriculum. Yeah. Buy birds and bees. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But I think that's what Mary Flo said was so true of, I think just the first step we love is just to let parents know like there's a better way. It doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be this big, scary, taboo thing that you don't want to talk about, and then you finally did it, and then it's over. And ugh. I mean, there is a way that you can interact and engage with your child about this for years. Mm. And that may not sound fun for parents either, but <laughs> it's better. And so like Mary Flo said, too, I, I think it's so important to understand these conversations can start at three and four, five or six, and not in a sensual way. We're not proponents of teaching sensual things to our young kids. That's not what we're about. But just answering their little questions and understanding or teaching them in ways that make sense in their little minds and that these conversations build. And so it does start when they're young and that you can do it and you can Mm. answer these questions and you can have ongoing conversations without falling over. Mm. And you can be in charge of the subject. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do think people think, if I just had a cassette, and sometimes it's a joke, but after (laughs) I would do one of these talks, parents would say, could my child just come to your house? Would you tell them? <laughs> no. No. That's so, that's all you know, so funny, no, the, right? No, no, you get to say this. They need to hear your voice. And what paralyzes parents, they think this is going to be an overexposure maybe of their past. Mm-hmm. I think some parents get paralyzed by that. They think, oh, they're going to ask me questions about my past. And honestly, they might when they're older, but not when they're little. That doesn't occur to them when they're really young. And you have time to prepare for that. But it's sort of pick your pain. Like there may be some painful things about talking to your children, but that pain is nothing compared to the pain of your child never knowing these things. Kind mm-hmm. of back to the stove. Like you can not tell your children that a, a stove is hot, but if you don't and they injure themselves and they end up with a lifelong scar, then it's a little bit on you that you never told them there was something mm-hmm. that they needed to know about. So, it's just part of the growing pains of a family, but it ends up being, just trust me, we've been doing this for 35 years. We've never had anyone return and say, this wasn't a good idea. Mm. So that it's been helpful to parents to whatever degree they decide to do it. Just entering in is the most important thing. We are so thrilled to be partnering with our friends at Minnow to bring back the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. We all know that devices are here to stay. So if you want to make screen time meaningful for your kids, Minnow is for you. A new streaming service designed just for kids. Minnow has over 2,000 episodes of fun and faith-filled shows that have been carefully curated by moms, dads, and church leaders, so it's safe for your family. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominno.com to start your free trial. So for the parent who hears what you're saying right now and thinks, I never said the stove's going to burn you. We never mm-hmm. had the conversation, mm-hmm. and now I feel terrible. What would you all say to them, parents of teenagers who missed it along the way? If they're still living with you, mm-hmm. then you still have time. You know, I think it would be good to say, I wish we had started this earlier, but you know what? Right now is better than never. So 
later is better than never. And if they're still living with you, then I think you still owe it to them to say, this is a topic that's never been on the table, never been on our table. I apologize for that. But we're going to put it on the table, not intensely, but over the next six months, between now and then, we're going to take some walks and we're going to cover some topics. And I'm not going to start tonight because I want you to know this is starting, and I want you to be thinking of questions, and I'm going to be thinking of topics, things I'm concerned about. I want you to be ready to share when you can, but I'm going to initiate it. So I would just say, let's be better about this, but let's don't do it overnight. Let's Mm. grow into that. And I think be ready for pushback. Mom, yes, oh, yes. no, <laughs> I'm not talking about this. Like, this is really important, and I'm sorry I didn't do this, but we're doing this. So you don't have to look at me. You don't have to talk to me. We can get in the car, and you can look straight ahead. But I have to do this. Mm. And so I think just to encourage parents to be that proactive parent of like, this may not be fun. They may not want you this. They might push back. Mom, please, no, Dad. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, I'm so sorry. This is very important, and I didn't. I dropped the ball, but it's not too late. And so buckle up. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. I've got something to we say. We tell them, parents sometimes just take them out of town, get yeah. them in a hotel room yeah. where they can't escape. Exactly. <laughs> take exactly. away their phone. Yes, that's good, y'all. Because it, it may not always be like, oh, oh, thanks, mom. Right. I'm so glad right. you decided to talk to me about this now. Like, <laughs> no. We no. were not that delusional that this is not going to be fun for everybody. <laughs> exactly. But I think just power through, you know. When they're older, it'll be much more difficult. But later is better than ever. Mm. There was a single mom that came up to me and said, I just, my son won't talk to me. I've been trying to talk to him, but he physically walks away every time I try to talk to him. Mm. I said, I want you to find a way. I don't know your day-to-day life, where that will happen. But if you really think this is important, if this is a priority, you'll find a way. Mm. So she took him. he, He was a tennis player. She found a tennis court on the other side of town. He was 12 years old. They played a set of tennis, and then they sat down, and she walked around to the other side of the bench. You know how they have two-sided benches at tennis courts? And she wasn't looking at him. (laughs) And she said, okay, we're going to talk about sex. There's some things. And he was like, mom. And she said, well, you can't walk home. It's too far. But I'm going to say a few things up front, and then we're going to play another set. And during the set, I want you to come up with one question Mm -hmm. about what I just talked about. And so she said, she just sat there like, talking to the air, knowing that he was just red-faced and wanting to run away, but he didn't know where he was, so he couldn't do that. And then they went back and played another set. They sat down. She said, it felt like a long time, Mm -hmm. but finally he asked a question. It just kind of broke the ice. Mm. And she said, to this day, we kind of sit on either side of a door and talk. (laughs) But we talk. But we talk. That's wonderful. Isn't that great? There's not one way to do this. There's not just one way. I love that. That's so good. Well, this season of our podcast is called Modern Parents, Vintage Values, based on a great book Sissy and Melissa wrote. And we love to ask you, what are the modern challenges you see in your work and what are the vintage values specific to your work that you hope to include? I think modern challenges would just be the technology. I I know you guys see that so much in your work too. That's just, I think, the biggest concern for most parents right now is how do we deal with screens? How do we deal with technology? You know, I don't want my kids to see something online or the social media effects of that. So that, I think, is the probably biggest modern problem that we deal with in our work and kind of echoing what we said just earlier about pornography and how you can have those conversations and ideas in age-appropriate ways with really little kids. But that, for sure, is probably the biggest new thing. on That's a modern world thing. The other modern world thing that we get questions about are about gender 
and about homosexuality and how do we deal with that within our families? How do we react to that? And to be perfectly honest, because it's kind of come upon us rather rapidly, especially the gender thing, that is actually not a part of our course because we filmed it two years ago. That just shows you. (laughs) I used to be able to say the biology doesn't change, which that's true in birth and childbirth and conception and all of that. But some of the cultural norms are shifting in such a way that Parents do want to be able to talk about this. They wonder, how am I going to approach this? And just on a general guideline, we tell parents to speak the truth to your children, but let them see you act in love, Mm -hmm. that you move towards everyone with love and respect, everyone made in the image of God, we love and respect and care for them. But we also want to speak truth that we find in God's Word to our children, so Hear the truth, act in love, and it will probably turn out okay. I would put that in sort of the modern mindset of challenges that parents have. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for speaking to that. We're certainly seeing a lot of kids Mm -hmm. struggle today. So Mm -hmm. grateful for your voices in that too. The next question we would want to ask, really, you're answering in a really unique way, but thinking about things that you wish were still true from your childhood. I mean, y'all are eradicating a lot of what wasn't great from our childhoods in terms of not having conversations. But if there was something that you wish was still true, what would you say it would be? I think as I'm raising my kids and reflecting back on my own childhood, the biggest difference right now, because my kids are still pretty young, is the pace Mm -hmm. seems a lot quicker Mm -hmm. than I would prefer. And I'm just surprised, you know, you learn all these parenting things. Your kids are literally really little. And then they're kind of getting to elementary school and you kind of have to start putting things into place a little bit. Like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. It's like, oh, it is kind of harder not to do all the things. Or it is kind of harder not to, everybody is moving really fast and doing so many things. And so that I think is something I'm seeing personally is like things didn't start this intense, this young Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. I don't think. Now my mom could be listed this one day and be like, it was crazy. <laughs> but I think just the level of intensity with sports or birthday parties or activities or, you know, it's like, well, you don't just do this kind of football. You have to do this football. You can't just do this kind of party. You have to do this party. And it's like, I wish the level of intensity would just go down a bit. Yes. And a little bit that's probably due to technology. Yes. Our exposure to seeing something that you would have never thought of doing, you would just normally have a birthday cake in the backyard and call it a day. Right. And that's not— <laughs> Now we have Pinterest. Now it's, mm-hmm. we have to post about it. I would say it's almost related, but there was a rhythm that I wish our families could still go back to, and I guess they could, of just work and rest. Mm. Like when my dad would come home from work, his work day was over. There was a whole different—they didn't keep working. They didn't pull out their laptop. They didn't continue Mm. to work. That was all over. And we definitely sat down at dinner and had a meal together. And there was homework to be done, for sure. But it was was like the day was over. And it doesn't feel like it ever ends now. Mm. And in fact, that's true of us. I see my husband on his computer at night. I'm on mine. We don't ever just stop and finish our work. Mm. So I wish it was work and rest. Mm -hmm. That's a great reminder. Yes, it is. Well, in continuing to think back, let's go old school for a minute. (laughs) Let's have some fun with this. Tell us something you love from when you were a kid, a favorite book, a favorite band, some 
favorite shows? Hey, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> you go as far the, back as you want. I'm the oldest one in the room. So actually, I'm seeing some toys in here that I'm like, I played with that. That was so fun. But I really liked the Carol Burnett show. Oh, me too. <laughs> Same with us. Fun. I just have, I guess, a silly <laughs> sense of humor. But, but you know, when we watched TV, we laughed a lot. Yes. yes. And it was live TV, of course. And so whether it was the Ed Sullivan show or, you know, people messing up, but it wasn't the, the laugh box right. that was being yes. turned on. People were genuinely laughing. Yes. And Tim Conway and all those people, mm-hmm. I, can, I can laugh just thinking about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I was— That's a great one. Yeah, I love that. I can't say I've seen that show. You have not? I've not. We'll have to watch it together. (laughs) Yes, you will. They're so fun. One of my childhood shows was Full House. Mm. That was one we just watched Mm. a lot. It was great. And then I think something that I look back that I want to re-implement with my kids was Adventures in Odyssey. That was such like a soundtrack to my life of going to bed. I'd put my little tape player in and it helped me fall asleep and... You know, hearing John Avery Whitaker mm-hmm. doing his little thing. Wits end. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that was a big part of my childhood. And I think I look back and I had such fun playing outside. That seems very simple in general, but that was, a I feel like, a big part of what I love to do with my family and my sisters and my parents and just being outdoors was always mm. really fun. And in a way, now as a parent, it's like it simplifies things when you're outside. Yes, for sure. Well, we want our folks to all be able to find you and to know what y'all are up to. So is there a project you've been working on lately that y'all are excited about? And where can they find all of the projects? Well, we kind of have a project, I would say. Yes, um, that we are very yes. excited about. So we have our Birds and Bees online course is kind of the whole kit and caboodle. Everything that we want you to hear is on that course. So all the five steps that Mary Flo started with and plus a couple more we've added along the way. Our frequently asked questions, a component about your faith, if for believers who want to incorporate a biblical understanding of sex is on there, our favorite resources. So our online course, you can find it birds-bees.com. <laughs> and you can follow us on Instagram. We share lots of tips on there, just talking tips, sound bites. I love following y'all on there. You do a oh, great job. Thank you. Yes. It's, it's been an <laughs> educational journey in my career to yes. figure out Instagram, but it's we're having fun with it now. So right now it's been fun. So follow us on Instagram. And what's your Instagram handle? Looks better than it sounds, but it's birds underscore underscore bees. (laughs) (laughs) The double underscore. Yeah, that's a real buzzkill there. But find (laughs) us and it's fun to follow. And it's been fun to interact with families and, you know, hear from people and questions. And so many parents are just afraid of this topic. And it's just fear is such a stumbling block. And I hate fear. And so I am just, it's such a joy for us Mm -hmm. to just get to get rid of that fear and say, this, you can do this. We can talk Mm -hmm. about this. Do not be afraid. Like you have what it takes to be the parent of your children, and you can have these conversations. So find us on Instagram, and then this year, we're going to have our course in uh, Spanish. Oh, wow. wow that's, that's so great. And so we are very excited about that. Exactly. And not just the course, but actually when you do buy our course, you also get a digital discussion guide because we feel like it's really important to think through what you're going to be talking about with your child. Think through mm-hmm. what are going to be the hard words for me to say? What are going to be the hard situations for me to confront? And go ahead and think that through before you start your conversations. And so there's just there's a lot in the discussion guide that we feel like is great preparation for these conversations and to help you along the way. So mm. both the discussion guide and the course will be in Spanish. Isn't that exciting? That That's is fantastic. really exciting. I'm really excited. Well, we love to end every episode talking about one of our favorite things, which is tacos. 
And we <laughs> love to know your favorite or... Y'all are putting us to shame with tacos. I know. I, the, I was just going to say the fact that one of our favorite places to travel and speak is the great state of Texas, mm-hmm. your home state. You could also answer if you want where, if we could go ahead and invite ourselves to dinner with the two of you. If we got <laughs> to go to dinner with you. We got it. Where would you love to take us for tacos? I have a request. Yeah. Me, Cosina. Twist my arm. <laughs> you just tell us when, and y'all come to Dallas, and we'll take you on the town. But what's y'all's favorite? I love just a type of taco. I would say I'm a big brisket taco fan. Mm. Well, I grew up in El Paso. Okay. So there's a part of me <laughs> that sounds really snooty that doesn't think Dallas Mexican food is the best because <laughs> I grew up with what I felt like was more authentic Mexican food, but that's kind of a snob because exact, <laughs> now that I've lived there for a very long time, I do love, and but I found a restaurant that tastes like El Paso tacos. Wow. It's Rafa's. And you have to order the pan-fried beef tacos, and then you will be so happy. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad to Okay, so now that. y'all have to come to Dallas. Yes. We yes. So we'll, go, we'll do both. Okay. We okay. do love Mikasina. Love Mikasina for sure. But if you want to taste an El Paso Real? taco, yes. and you will thank me. Well, <laughs> we get there periodically, so we will have to okay. do that. We're going to hold you to that. Done. Yes. Okay. Now, now we're best friends, so we have to. Got we want to go to. too, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Y'all, this has been so rich. Oh, so So thankful. And that your content is accessible and who you both are is so warm and inviting and engaging. And to know that the material is coming from the two of you, I would think would make parents just even feel that much more comfortable diving in. So just grateful for who you are and what y'all are contributing to parents in the world. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been such a dream come true to be visiting with you guys. So thank you. And thank you for the work you guys are doing. As a mom, I was telling you guys earlier, your two voices are in my head all the time. I had so many girlfriends like, well, please tell David and Sissy hi, please. <laughs> like, you are just such voices of our generation of parents, and we are all so grateful. Yes, thank it takes you for a your work. It takes it's, a village. Yes, yeah, and I think so much of what you're doing is pointing parents to good resources, but you're also answering their anxiety questions mm-hmm. and their fear questions similarly to the way we are trying to approach them also. So thank you for your work. Thank you for your dedication to these mm-hmm. families for building purposeful kids. Well, it's fun to be on the same team with mm-hmm. y'all. Sure is. <laughs> The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family with shows kids love and values parents trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.